this is Ed and welcome to another session of my podcast. Today's podcast I will be talking about gastrointestinal health assessment. So the main reason why I am going to do a podcast about gastrointestinal health assessment is because uh, previously when I was making TikTok videos, like short videos about diseases, some people actually find it useful. And it was just really TikTok videos about diseases, just really about, or it was just really running for 30 seconds or less. And the key thing about that is to really concise all the concepts about the disease. And I used layman's terms so that uh, people will be able to understand, even if they are not in health-related professions. And I think some people actually find this very, very useful, especially when it's diseases and they're not also health-related. It's just really some sort of an eye-opener for them, but at the same time, it's like useful information that they can find associated with something else. Maybe they know somebody who has that disease, and it just helps them understand. So yes, Nurse Talks has a TikTok account, and if you want to follow Nurse Talks, just type Nurse Talks IG, that's the username, Nurse Talks IG without any space, and you should be able to find the TikTok account from there. Um, I'll be posting TikTok videos, but it will be really about uh, short and concise uh, lessons about diseases, about health, about nursing, and it's just really to uh, make it in a very fun way, but at the same time, uh, make people aware about certain concepts in healthcare. So yeah, back in gastrointestinal health, so today's tic- uh, podcast, see I'm going to mention TikTok, but uh, today's podcast will be about uh, gastrointestinal health assessment, and the succeeding podcasts will be about diseases related to the, to the gastrointestinal tract. Um, I want this week to be GI week, so everything that I will talk in my podcast this week will be about the gastrointestinal system and really focusing on diseases for the next podcast. So now back to assessing gastrointestinal health. So as nurses, we are involved with assessments and when we assess, we do assess the person in general, like as a whole, uh, we use frameworks. It's either the head to toe assessment, but there are also types of assessment wherein we can be very, very specific to one area. And this also depends on the problem that the patient is uh, presenting. So when they come to the A&E or in the ER, usually they come with a chief complaint and they may complain of certain symptoms or yeah, symptoms or something that they feel like pain, for example. But the tricky part about assessing GI health and in relation to the chief complaint of the patient is that it can be very, very tricky because the chief complaint that they may uh, tell you or the chief complaint would be like something like they, they're very common chief complaints like nausea and vomiting abdominal pain and one thing about these kinds of symptoms is that it's very very associated to so many problems so it's a common uh, problem that is being heard in A&E's and as well as in, or in emergency rooms but at the same time there's so many problems that can be associated to it. So on the part of the clinician 
or the doctor, for example, diagnosing the disease can be very, very challenging. And sometimes uh, they may ask patient, the patient about uh, what they really feel or what they're really experiencing. But at the same time, they also need some diagnostic tests to really uh, conclude as to what problem it is. And another challenging part for clinicians is that even though that they have collected all the information from the patient's interview and as well as from their physical assessment and as well as from the diagnostic test, there can still be cases wherein patient still appears normal, but they still really feel the symptoms, symptoms like abdominal pain, bloating, gas pain. So that can still really happen in the clinical area. So how do we assess our patients in the areas of GI health? Um, I try not to sound like uh, I'm giving a lecture in this podcast, but I think, forgive me if it will be, because it's just really hard. Um, there will be some things that I will really have to to say, but I think it's going to be in a very lecture format. Um, I want this to sound like a conversation, like in a podcast, but I think I find it hard to really avoid giving a lecture. So yeah, back to assessing GI health. Um, first thing is always an interview with a patient. So we always ask the patient about what they are experiencing, so what their problems are. And normally they will tell you about their chief complaint, and common chief complaints would be that of like nausea and vomiting, uh, diarrhea, or it could also be that they may experience bloating or gas pains, or they may also experience uh, abdominal pains. Um, they can also come in A&E or in the ER or in the clinic with problems like constipation, like they have difficulty opening their bowels. So these are a few of the common problems encountered uh, when interviewing patients uh, with GI problems or gastrointestinal problems. So the first thing is always an interview. And when you interview your patient, when you ask them about the problem they're experiencing, it's very, very important to go into the detail of it. So as a nurse, if you are assessing patients related to GI health, when they tell you the problem, it's very, very important to ask them as to like details like when it started or if it's abdominal pain, for example. So when did it start or is the pain still ongoing? Or it's also very, very important to ask them about uh, the location of the pain. They may mention it's in the abdomen, but you need to really take note as to which part in the abdomen because that could give clues as to which organs are affected. So when it comes to really digging down information, make sure that we are detailed into this. In fact, when it comes to assessing um, abdominal pain, there is a mnemonic which we can use, which is the uh, PQRST. So P stands for uh, for uh, precipitating and as well as palliating. So in here, you ask the patient as to like what aggravates the pain, what precipitates the pain, and what as well as what palliates the pain, or or what are the types of activities wherein uh, the pain goes away? Is it relieved by rest 
or is it still the same? So it, those are very, very important things to collect. And another thing would be like the region. So I've just mentioned earlier about uh, the importance of really knowing the location of the pain. So you need to really collect that information as well and ask the patient specifically as to which part in the abdomen, if it is an abdominal pain that they're experiencing. So it's very important to ask them as to which part in the abdomen um, is the pain being experienced. And um, another would be like the quality or quantity of the pain. So how painful is it really? Like is it only in one small part or is it really like is it uh, one is it like uh, you need to ask them as to what type of pain it is as well like is it a burning kind of pain or is it like a cramping type of pain so it's this is one way of really digging deeper into the details of what the patient is experiencing and really collecting more information from the patient because the more information you're able to collect the better it is and the better it will aid the physician into making their diagnoses. The physician will also make their own um, assessment but if you have also done your assessment and you're skilled about it, it will also really help them uh, uh, analyze the situation. So we've discussed about the P, Q and the R which is the region. Um, S stands for the severity so how severe is the pain? Um, so you need to ask your patient about that as well, as to how painful it is. Um, of course, I've mentioned about quality. So quality is more on uh, really like asking them further about whether is it a dull type of pain? Is it a burning kind of pain? Is it a cramping type of pain? And then you have your severity, which is how painful it is. And then the T is the timing. So what time did it start? Um, has it stopped at some point or is it intermittent kind of pain or is it continuous? Is it still painful until now? So you see, just by using the mnemonic PQRST alone, it has led you to really collect uh, a lot of information about uh, the pain experience of the patient, about that abdominal pain. So this is how you dig in with the interview and uh, very, very important for us to be detailed about it so that we have uh, complete information as much as possible about what the patient is experiencing. So it's like really having like a complete information of the of what the patient of the chief complaint of the patient. Um, so on top of assessment, uh, also in the areas of assessment, um, aside from uh, having an interview with a patient, um, the next thing is using your senses or your observation skills. And this is, uh, there's a technique here in physical assessment called um, IPPA, uh, inspection, palpation, percussion, auscultation. However, in um, GI health assessment, especially when assessing the abdomen, the sequence is very, very different. So that's inspection and then you proceed with auscultation, percussion, and palpation. So what are these uh, four things? So in physical assessment, in the areas of physical assessment, of course you've done your interview, the next stage is to really inspect. So this time you use your sense of sight, you inspect the 
you have you need a, you will do a visual inspection of the abdomen of the patient so try to see for example for symmetry of the abdomen you also need to try to check for the uh, presence of like bruising or ecchymosis there's one sign we call as a uh, Cullen sign which is like a bluish discoloration just near the navel which can sometimes uh, indicate that there is a possibility of uh, abdominal bleeding so these are the things that you need to look into uh, look for discolorations as well or scarring uh, sometimes uh, one thing about inspection is you also try to look if there is a bulging mass um, if there is a bulging mass noted uh, always always inform the physician or the doctor about it because uh, it could be an even bigger problem uh, and it just needs to be sorted out so uh, one thing that that or one condition that actually uh, has a has a bulging mass sign is um, abdominal aortic aneurysm though we don't want this to really happen to the patient but if there is a bulging mass always inform the physician because uh, when it comes to abdominal aortic aneurysm it, if it is an abdominal aortic aneurysm it will be a medical emergency as well as a surgical emergency even if the patient is asymptomatic because normally there will be asymptomatic if there is no rupture but once there's a rupture or if if it was really AAA or abdominal aortic aneurysm and if there is a rupture um, it's going to be a medical and surgical emergency so next in line on the techniques in physical assessment that you apply in um, gastrointestinal health assessment is you have the auscultation so with auscultation in here you try to listen to the bowel sounds with the use of the stethoscope so you usually use the diaphragm of the stethoscope for assessing bowel sounds and when you assess bowel sounds you assess each region in the abdomen so there are ways on how you assess bowel sounds so in terms of the regions there you there is a technique wherein you divide the abdomen into nine regions or there's also a technique which is like an uh, uh, a faster version wherein you divide the abdomen into four quadrants it's like the right upper quadrant then you have your right lower quadrant then you have your left upper quadrant left lower quadrant so that's how you assess for the bowel sounds you you auscultate each area or each region in the abdomen if it was to be complete and proper so normal bowel sounds should be around 5 to 15 uh, sounds per minute and the reason why auscultation is first before palpation uh, is because where if palpation was done uh, first or what palpation was done before auscultation then if there was pain experienced by the patient during palpation this could affect the assessment the next stages of the assessment and another thing would be like you don't want to alter the bowel sounds as well with palpation so so yeah so once you've finished with the auscultation um, it's now time to proceed to um, percussion wherein you try to hear um, 
high pitch sound, uh, timpani. So with percussion, uh, uh, this will help you identify whether the organs or the cavities within the abdomen are fluid filled or not. Now, percussion, some the per the the skill of percussion really needs training. So you need to be skilled enough to really perform percussion. Um, it is it is a skill that actually needs practice. Even for myself, I haven't really done it that much in the clinical area. So sometimes with the air, with the when it comes to assessing the abdomen and when using the skill of percussion, I always leave it to the doctors because I don't really feel that much confident when it comes to percussing. But of course, inspection, ev everyone can use their eyes in inspecting, auscultating, um, everyone can also listen to the bowel sounds. And sometimes there are specific um, assessment techniques as well with regards to auscultation, like listening for brewery. So if you're familiar with that, um, that is also helpful. Now, um, aside from inspection, um, auscultation, percussion, uh, you you then proceed to the last stage, which is palpation. So in here, you palpate the you, you palpate the abdomen. Again, palpation is something that you need to be skilled at if you are to perform about this so this really needs training so before you actually palpate uh, your patient your patient's abdomen make sure that you already had the proper training because the key thing about assessment is yes you do assess patient but you also want to prevent harm from happening as a result of the assessment because there are times that you need to be careful about palpation as well. Like for example, if it was if the problem was a a the uh, the aortic um, abdominal aortic aneurysm, you shouldn't be really palpating that uh, bulging mass. And this is why it is very very important to be knowledgeable about the concepts of uh, of health and in this case. Uh, be knowledgeable about GI anatomy or gastrointestinal anatomy and as well as be knowledgeable about some of the problems in uh, the gastrointestinal tract and some of the diseases. It's just that so that it can give you a signal as to whether the way you assess patients or the techniques that you're going to apply in your assessment to patients are safe or not. So only perform palpation if you're really skilled about it and the data that is collected here when it comes to palpating the abdomen of the patient is of course palpating the organs whether they inflame or not um, it also gives a, a clue as well as to the patient if whether they experience pain on a certain region with palpation because some uh, diseases or some illnesses related to gastrointestinal health uh, manifest pain upon palpation like for example appendicitis for example wherein if there is palpation into the McBurney's point uh, they usually they usually experience um, rebound tenderness so yeah so those are the techniques in physical assessment that's applied in 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 abdominal health uh, assessment or abdominal assessment so instead of the usual IPPA it's IAPP, which is inspection, auscultation, uh, percussion, and palpation. So 
I've mentioned about the different regions in the abdomen and the different quadrants. So try to look at this uh, online and see the picture. Um, all you need to do is really like like type regions in the abdomen and it should give you results as to uh, the different regions in the abdomen and like you have the uh, epigastric region, left hypochondriac region, right hypochondriac region. So these are best seen in pictures and from those pictures try to visualize which organs are are located within that those regions. So there's the type of assessment wherein the abdomen is divided into nine regions. There's also a type of assessment wherein it's just like a shorter version and the abdomen is divided into four quadrants. And another thing included in a gastrointestinal health assessment is you also do need to assess um, the patient's stool because part of the function of the um, gastrointestinal assessment is, of course, it is about digestion, absorption, and movement of food, and yeah, absorption of um, nutrients, but part of it is also elimination. So in assessing the patient's poo or stool, uh, we sometimes assess if whether uh, they are experiencing constipation or uh, diarrhea. And this can be assessed by inspection, again, by looking at the shape of the stool, the consistency of the stool. And there is a tool for this that we use, which is called the Bristol, Bristol stool chart. And the Bristol stool chart is like a rating scale of 1 to 7, uh, wherein uh, from 1 to 7, uh, if you look at the chart, uh, there are specific pictures associated with each number. So 1, for example, they appear to be like small, uh, small pellets. And then with 7, it's like a really watery uh, type of stool. So with this Bristol stool chart, a score of 1 to 2 would mean uh, constipation or the patient is constipated and a score of uh, 3 and 4 that's the normal uh, form of stool or normal appearance of stool and then a score of um, 5 five to 7 so 5 is like light diarrhea and 7 is like severe diarrhea because it's really watery stool but before you really confirm that there's diarrhea, you also need to also collect information as to how many times the patient goes to the toilet. So this refers to the frequency as well. So that is also an important information to collect. Another is that aside from the shape and the consistency of the stool, is it's also very, very important to also take note of the color of the stool. Like, is it uh, light or gray colored. Uh, sometimes this can mean they have uh, clinical significance. Like if it's light or gray colored, it could mean that there is a problem uh, with the bile and and uh, maybe it's not being, uh, yeah, I mean if it's a uh, light colored stool, there could be like lack of bile, for example. And then if it's a brown stool, then usually that's normal. But if it's a brown stool with mucus, um, it could suggest um, like colitis or inflammation of the colon 
or like Crohn's disease, for example. However, uh, they're not always like immediate. Like you can't always say like there's mucus, mucusy uh, appearance in the brown stool. It immediately indicates colitis. These needs, uh, all these uh, are just inspection. So they still really need diagnostic testing because one thing about um, the GI system is that as I've said, uh, there's so many problems in the GA system and with regards to the manifestations or signs and symptoms, they have similarities like mucus present in, in, in stool, of course. Okay, we can see that we can read that in colitis, but um, mucus, presence of mucus in a stool is also present in patients with irritable bowel syndrome. So uh, these are just really... Uh, clue or guide to help you if what could be the possible problem but of course you cannot just really say that that's ex is a specific problem because further tests are still necessary but this is just to really emphasize that it's really important to collect information in great detail like we're talking now about the stool so we talk about so we need to collect information about like the shape the consistency the amount the color because they do have some clinical significance and it ha aids in the analysis of what the problem is. So I've mentioned about the other colors. Uh, another color that's also important when it comes to, uh, to the color of this tool is if it appears green, then it might suggest that uh, the patient has uh, had an increased intake of vegetables because sometimes this could be the chlorophyll that may be present in plants and they manifested a greenish color into the stool. Um, another thing would be that the food may might have passed too quickly within the GI tract. And if the color is, uh, let's say, is, is black, then it might suggest, uh, it could suggest that it could be that the patient was taking iron supplements or food rich in iron, or it could also mean that there could be bleeding. So further tests are really necessary and sometimes you have red stools as well so this could mean this could possibly mean that maybe the patient has taken a lot of food which has the color which is colored red or there could also be a possibility that there is blood so further tests are really necessary here when it comes to assessing the stool and also in the areas of color um in some cases, you do need to collect uh, stool samples. Really depends on your assessment. Like, for example, if you work in the hospital setting, and if the patient, uh, let's say, just experienced uh, diarrhea, so in order to to really assess further, we just don't stop with the physical observations. We need to collect a sample of it because part of that is to also. Uh, determine what type of bacteria is present within the stool that's really causing the diarrhea if that was basically the, the cause, if the cause was a bacteria. So usually hospitals have protocols for this as to uh, when to collect samples based on your assessment. So be familiar about this and also be familiar about these standard standards of care because there are guidelines that actually help us with our decisions as to when to collect a stool or as well as uh, what action we should uh, should take or what action should take place uh, based on our assessment
So those are just some of the things involved in um, GI health assessment. Uh, but the key thing is really uh, looking at the patient as an individual uh, as much as much as possible because we do know that there are so many problems uh, associated with the GI tract. There are so many diseases out there and sometimes these uh, chief complaints or problems that the patient may mention may be problems that are really quite common and might be problems that may occur in one disease but it will also occur in another disease so sometimes it's very very challenging to really analyze the patient's problem but we need to also accept that what they are experiencing is real and true and at the same time we need to also look at them as an individual in which their their problems are unique so it's very very important for us to really listen to what they are experiencing and as well as in terms of our approach we also need to have an individualistic approach so that we can be effective in our care of patients with uh, gastrointestinal health problems. So there you have it. That's um, my podcast for today about gastrointestinal health assessment. If you found this podcast helpful, uh, please give it a like, whether if you've listened it from Spotify or iTunes or whatever platform you found it because I tried to distribute this to different platforms. Um, share it with your colleagues if you find found it helpful and give my pages a like. So. Nurse Talks is also found on Facebook with usernames Nurse Talks IG and as well as uh, in Instagram also again with username Nurse Talks IG so that's without any space and at the same time um, I have a YouTube channel as well where I do post uh, this, some of the podcasts uh, on, on my YouTube channel, which is EdTV. So yeah, hope you'll have a nice day and thank you very much. You've been listening to Nurse Talks, a podcast about nursing, academics, study skills, health and social care. Don't forget to follow, subscribe to Nurse Talks on Spotify, YouTube, or Facebook. Thank you for listening.